Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast. If you've been listening to our podcast and wonder what exactly we do at AchieveIt360.com, go to our website and take a look. We provide courses, books, and tools for teachers to implement character and social-emotional learning programs in the classroom, along with other consulting services that can be used in the corporate workplace. Here's the backstory behind the programs and services that were inspired by our guest today, Bob Proctor. You can go to our website's About Us section to see an outline of the last 20 years, and you'll see a picture of him at the top of the page. But first, let me explain who he is. In 1961, Bob Proctor started studying the book Think and Grow Rich. Right now, it's showing as the number one book in entrepreneurship books on Amazon. And this book transformed his life. If you've been lucky enough to see Bob Proctor speak live, you'll see this book and one look at it and you'll know he's been reading it every day. He listened to Earl Nightingale's condensed recording of the book thousands of times and he would say he would put on the record player in his car and listen to it back in the day that I can still remember when we had vinyl records before music and audio recordings became available online. He then created his own position that allowed him to work shoulder to shoulder with Earl Nightingale at Nightingale Conant that at the time was the largest distribution house for personal development programs. He worked there until 1973 before leaving to start his own personal development company where he's been training people around the world ever since. Today Bob has studied thousands of books, continues to read Think and Grow Rich every day, and is considered the world's foremost expert on the human mind. I can personally say that Bob Proctor is one of the rare speakers out there who truly lives and breathes what he teaches with full integrity. He walks his talk and inspires those around him to do the same. I was fortunate enough to cross paths with Bob in the late 90s when I was a school teacher in Toronto when I asked my neighbor, Mark Lowe, what he did for a living, and he didn't say much, but he handed me Bob's You Were Born Rich book that I read the next day in a staff meeting. I was hiding it behind my binder as I pretended I was listening to the meeting, and my life was never the same after that day. The book was not just about being rich financially, but about being rich in potential, saying that we all have deep reservoirs of talent within ourselves and that we have greatness locked up inside ourselves. Everyone has these great reservoirs of talent and ability within us, and if we can just bring it to the surface, we can accomplish anything we want. I really liked that idea. That was 24 years ago, and it's definitely been a journey that started when I quit my job as a teacher and went to work in his offices selling seminars. I want to share some of the top lessons I learned from Bob before we go to the interview. I will definitely do a deep dive into his content after this episode as it's so valuable, but looking back to the day I met him, here are my biggest takeaways. And if you have some that you want to share, please tag me on social media when I post this interview and share some of yours. Lesson one, I learned how to set huge goals that most people would say were crazy when Bob asked me, what do you really want? When I told him, he told me that there were certain steps I needed to follow that started with writing my goals down on this goal card that he gave me. And if I did all the things he suggested and believed in what I was doing, I could have what I wanted. I really believed him and I followed what he told me to do. Lesson two, I learned how to be resourceful and make money based on my natural talents and skills. When September 11th happened, I had just moved to the US and had big plans for what I was doing. All of them halted, just like many people's plans halted or changed during the pandemic, but I knew I was great with children, and I ended up getting a job as a nanny through one of the local resorts, eventually being the most requested nanny there. I also valued keeping a clean and tidy house, so when I needed to make more money, I found work cleaning houses that really was great money and also very humbling and not far from the work that Bob did in his early days. He would talk about it all the time, how he made great money cleaning offices, and it kept me on track with my goals. Lesson three, I learned the basics of sales. 
This came in handy when I worked in the publishing industry. It was this skill, along with persistence, that allowed me to earn enough money to buy my first home in Arizona and start living the life that I described when he first met me and said, what do you really want? Lesson four was on how to generate energy so that I could accomplish more in less time. There was this one time I was going to an event and it was at five in the morning, and this was years before I was an early riser. I was definitely not like this when I lived in Toronto. When the car arrived at my house one morning to take me to an event, Bob was in it, and when I jumped in, he asked me how I was. And again, this was five in the morning, it was pitch black, and I was probably still sleeping. And I was definitely tired. So I answered, Bob, I'm tired. And Bob said, pardon? I thought he was losing his hearing, so I leaned forward closer to him and I told him again, I'm tired, Bob. And then he said something I'll never forget to this day. He said, I thought you knew that we could create our own energy. I was quiet for a minute and realized that he was expecting me to integrate what he was teaching at these seminars into my daily life. I said, and I never told him I was tired again. And when anyone ever asked me how I was and I was tired, I never admitted that ever again. I learned how to generate my own energy through diet and exercise that ensures that we can accomplish more, but it started that early morning when Bob asked me, how are you? Bob has always surpassed me with energy. He's got more energy than anyone I've ever seen. He starts his seminars on a Thursday or a Friday night, and he runs straight through till late Sunday night, never sitting down, never taking a break, or saying, phew, I'm tired. Lesson five, it's about the impression of increase or being able to put in more effort than you expect back. That came from the Science of Getting Rich seminar, the book that inspired Rhonda Byrne to do The Secret. And it's a concept that stuck with me to always do my best without expecting any gain. Lesson six is all about integrating your beliefs with your behavior. If you look at your goals, and what you believe, then look at whether the actions you're taking line up and ask, is my behavior consistent to what I want? I learned that Bob really does do all the things he says he does. There was this one day, it was about a month after September 11th happened, and I was in the same place he was staying at, and he was staying there for a few days and and had his things there. And I knew that things were up in the air with the company and no one was getting on airplanes to travel to the seminars. Things had changed overnight just like that. And when I looked over to where he was sitting, I saw that he was reading Wayne Dyer's There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem book. And I knew right then and there that Bob was looking for answers on where to pivot to next. He's always reading something to gather new ideas and strategies And of course, I bought that book immediately, not wanting to miss out on some important knowledge. Lesson seven, to live every day like it's your last. He's the one who taught me the idea that when you really want something, you're going to trade your life for that goal. That didn't make sense to me until recently when I look back and see the work that went into where I am today. And yes, I definitely traded my life for that that daily repetitive work towards the goal that I always wanted until I would get to one level, then to the next, and I can see how I traded each day for that goal that I wanted, and I'm grateful that I picked a worthy goal to trade my life for. Lesson eight, excellence is a commitment to completion. I learned to complete what I start early on. Not that I've always done this, but I know how important it is to see a project through until it's completed. Whether it's a project or something as simple as saying, I'm going to the gym and actually taking the action to go to the gym when we say we're going, we've got to do and complete the things that we say we're going to do. I really believe in the importance of doing this. Lesson nine, when stuck with your direction, I learned how to write out on a piece of paper on the left side of what you don't want. Let's say you're stuck with your work and you're not happy with the work that you're currently doing or the work that you're the environment you're in you'll want to get a clear picture of what will make you happy and seeing it on paper will open up your eyes once you know what you don't want on the left side 
It's easy to go to the right side and write the polar opposite on the paper so you know what you can work towards, the things that you do want in your work environment. This is a huge lesson in self-awareness. You'll get to know yourself better after you do this, and then you'll just need to honor the things that make you happy. Lesson 10. I learned that success really is possible if you really want it, but there'll be work involved. If you're willing to do that work that involves daily reading, studying, and then taking actions on the ideas that you want, strange and marvelous things will happen with constant regularity as you alter your life. I would love to hear your thoughts or any takeaways as you listen to this interview. Let's get straight to the interview and hear directly from Bob Proctor himself. This is episode number 66 with world-renowned speaker, motivation and success coach, author of best-selling books, and the one that changed my life, You Were Born Rich, and my mentor, Bob Proctor. Welcome, Bob. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on this podcast today, which really is here because of you for inspiring me over 24 years ago to take action with these ideas. Back then you said, Andrea, what do you want? And I told you, and then you showed me how to get it. And here we are today. You know, it's a funny thing, Andrea, I was reading your um, email yesterday. It was hard to believe that's 25 years ago. I know it feels like yesterday. Time just flies. It does. Yeah. It does, but it's wild. And along this way, Bob, I've had a chance to thank pretty much everyone. Like I kept in touch with Greg Link. He was instrumental in me putting my programs in the schools. And he always asked, how's Bob doing? So I just want to pass on a couple of the people along the way that you impacted their life. So Greg Link from, from the Covey organization. And then there was Joe Gray. Do you remember working with Sun Life Insurance? No, Health? Joe Gray well, Sun Life. So Joe Gray. Joe was a good friend. About you. Yeah, he's always saying, what's going on with Bob? Is he still out doing these seminars? And so just a couple of people along the way, because you made such an impact on so many people along the way. I'm just one story, but I know of millions <laughs> of people, right? So I just want to- Been at a long time, Andrea, a long time. I know. I know you have. And I feel like I've been doing this for, for a long time, but I'm just starting to get the results, which, which is really why I wanted to have you on this podcast, because I discovered social and emotional learning skills. That's really what you were teaching those kids back in the day with Youth Matter International. Mm -hmm. And now it's making inroads in our schools today. You can't, you can't say social emotional learning and someone says, what are you talking about? Everyone knows what this is. Suddenly, I started this podcast about a year ago, and then suddenly the numbers started taking off. It was like when I added the neuroscience to it, which is when the educators told me what they wanted, they said, can you add some tools so that we understand how the brain will get us these results? When I added that part in, it just took off. Like maybe last November, the numbers started doubling. And I'm not like Lewis Howe's numbers in the millions each month, but we're in the thousands, which is is great for for what i expected from this i was thinking i'm just gonna that is really good andrea stuff up here well, you deserve it you, you've been dedicated to what you're doing thank you and and i believed when you said write this stuff down on a card you told me to do this you said write this stuff what what you want on a card and all those sun life guys they're walking around they still have their cards in their suit pocket <laughs> you got yours yeah still have mine, andrea yeah I know you said write it down. So I did. And you know, 24 years later, I'm still doing it. And sometimes it went off track a bit. But you know, just each year setting those goals, redoing it, getting everything back on. So I just want to go back if you don't mind, can I take you back to that moment when I first figured out that I was meant to do this because it was like a huge mm -hmm. moment of truth. If, if you don't I mind, do. I'll, I'll just tell you the story. So you were showcasing the YMI students. You were challenged to work with these 12 kids. And I think we were in Louisiana at the Superdome and they were up on stage. And uh, I think you'd remember Brian Johnson, you know, Dave Johnson's sure. son. He started to speak his part. And we've all been there when we're public speaking, you know, as many of these speeches that we do, we can still get nerves. And I think he had some nerves. and. 
he started stuttering when it was his turn and you went up behind him and you rubbed his back in a way that calmed him down and stopped whatever anxiety he had and he was able to get his part out. And you wouldn't know this, but I was in the audience. There were 8,000 of us and we're all taking notes. And I was blown away by this because I was a teacher and I couldn't have this impact with my class of 30 kids. And here you were, you were not a teacher, but you had these 12 kids skyrocketing their results with these things that we now know to be called social emotional skills, like having a better attitude and uh, setting goals, self-awareness, self-regulated learning. You knew all this back then. And it was like, almost like a, a symphony went off and it was like saying, pay attention, Andrea, this is it. And it hit me like a brick in my stomach. And I just remember I started crying. I was like, this is it. This is, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. And then of course it, it didn't always, it didn't go the, the quick path to success that I thought, but I knew that was my why. I knew I was meant to work with these kids in that way. So can you think back to those kids when you first started working sure. with them? Why do you think they had such incredible results after just working with you for a few months? What were they missing? Well, I think, I think what they were missing is the basics that almost all people are missing, um, Andrea. Um, they didn't realize the mental faculties that they had. Like, we are truly God's highest form of creation. But you hear that, what's it really mean? And I always mention that, you know, all the rest of the little creatures on the planet are completely at home in their environment. They blend in. We don't. We are totally disoriented in our environment. And that is because we've been given the mental faculties to create our own environment. Well, I started to teach this to the kids. And I think the thing I had going for me, I knew the kids were no different than me. The only thing a little child lacks that an adult has that might um, cause a bit of a slowdown in getting the information across to them is vocabulary and experience. You're dealing with the same mind. There is only one mind. Like, it isn't that Andrea has a mind and Bob has a mind. There's only one mind. And we become consciously aware of uh, where we're going and what we're doing. We are a soul. We don't have one. And so I think I was very successful with the kids, and the, the results were astronomical, really. Um, in a matter of 12 weeks, I had them talking to thousands of people, and the audience was taking notes. Well, I didn't treat the kids any different than I treated anybody else. Um, and pretty soon they were treating me the same, like I was one of them. And so we communicated very effectively. And I think the biggest thing that, that they learned from that 12 weeks is that they were in charge of themselves, nobody else. Do you know, Viktor Frankl brings that out in uh, a thing that he called stimulus and response. And he said, between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space, we decide how we're going to respond. Now, we're seeing all over the world today, or certainly all over North America, people reacting. They're not responding at all. They're reacting. They're letting the situation control them. They're not in control of themselves at all. And that's what I was teaching the kids. Take control of yourself. That was phenomenal. Well, that changed the direction of where I was going. And now there's so much research behind it to prove that those skills that you were teaching them improve academic performance. And so now it's easy to get into schools, but it just blows my mind that you saw it back then. I just don't treat them any different than anybody else, Andrea, and I think that's really the secret. Um, they don't have the experience and they don't have maybe the vocabulary at a very young age, but other than that, it's just you're just communicating with another human being. It's one soul to another one, you know. Definitely. And so that respect is there as well. That's, I, I think that sometimes in our schools today, we can be lecturing at our, our students instead talking of talking at them rather than talking with them. You see, I think that's a difference. Right. Absolutely. My mind went on a nice trip. I was reading your email yesterday. Mm -hmm. And the first part was I had a hard time believing it's 24, 25 years ago. 
And you have done very well. I want to congratulate you. So the information has served you very well, as it has me and millions of other people. But I want to congratulate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So if we think back, Bob, I know you've been studying for almost 60 years now. So I think it's 59 if we count back to when you started studying Think and Grow Rich. And I wonder what are some of the common reasons that people don't reach their full potential? So like just thinking about when I first picked up Born Rich and I was reading it in a staff meeting at when I was a teacher, I put it behind my binder. What drew me to this book was not rich financially. I wasn't too drawn to making more money, but I was definitely drawn to using the potential that I knew I had and then helping other people do the same. But only a few people do this. What, what do you think happens? Why do people get stuck that they don't know their own potential and use it? Well, I think the, the answer to that is pretty obvious, actually, uh, Andrea. We are not taught anything about ourselves at a young age. We're um, raised to live through our senses. We go by what we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. And we're taught to do this as little kids, where uh, the outside world is control of us. Where you listen to what I'm telling you, where you look at this, and do that but it's all outside stimulus. And we're never taught to go inside. We're not taught about our higher faculties. Like, we have faculties that separate us from all the rest of the animal kingdom. And that's perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, and intuition. And these higher faculties are what really separate us. They cause us to uh, grow into the giant that we're capable of growing into. We're truly God's highest form of creation. And I think one of the problems is we're, um, we're misled at a very early age, and we don't know, so we believe whatever they're telling us. And, you know, we're taught that we're created in God's image, but that is not followed through, and we don't understand that, and what we've done is reverse it, and we created God in our image. And then we're trying to figure out how can a man, not a woman, a man, be omnipresent, be everywhere. And you see, confusion sets in. Well, when confusion sets in, we usually turn the television on. What we want to do is stop and think. I was, um, I was mentioning in a video I was making today that... Um, when I first started to study, I started listening to Earl Nightingale's Strangest Secret record. And on that, right at the beginning of the record, he talks about Dr. Albert Schweitzer landing in London. And the reporters at the airport um, asked him, the good doctor, they said, what's wrong with man today? And he said, the doctor thought about it for a while, and then he said, they simply don't think. If people were thinking, they'd never do many of the things they're doing. If they were thinking, they'd never say most of the things they're saying. People truly do not think. We have these higher faculties, but we don't use them. And if we can understand that we've got the mental faculties that can enable us to solve any problem, to accomplish anything we can visualize, then we're going to start to win. That should be taught to a little child at a very early age, and then help the child understand what that means. King Solomon was a pretty bright guy, and he gave some good advice. He said, in all you're getting, get understanding. So let's understand who we are and what we're capable of doing. We've got to know that if we react to anything or anyone, then we've given power to that thing or that situation. And they've got the power over us. When we respond, we retain the power. Then we can look and say, I wonder why that's happening. I wonder why she or he said that. That's interesting. I wonder why that's taking place. And think and stay in charge of yourself. Don't let what's going on outside control your emotional state.
So Bob, when I worked with your offices, I was always looking for something to study. And I found this old video program. It was called Journey of the Mind. And you were walking around this set that had large stones and you were covering topics like responsibility and paradigms and goals, attitude, persistence, and decision. And this program became the outline of my first book. And then it turned into the book that went into the schools. And I don't know whatever happened to that program, but when I think back, Carol Dweck publishes her book, Mindset, The Psychology of Success, that changed millions of people's lives with its insight into growth mindset. And you didn't call it growth mindset, but you were teaching this along with your programs back then. What about your belief, Bob, when you were creating some of these programs that didn't take off? And I think this one, we, it didn't uh, end up getting produced. But how did you stay on track with what you were doing until your programs took off? Well, I just always believed that we would reach the goals that we set. And I believed in the material and I never stopped studying it. I was in here in my studio at 5.30 this morning studying. I do that every day. Um, see, goals are set not to get. Goals are set to grow. And sometimes if the goals don't work, that's okay. If you keep going and you keep growing. The... The main thing is that you keep growing. You become more of what you're designed to become. See, I really believe you and I are here to do God's work, and I think God's work is greater good. So that's all we have to do. We have to keep doing greater good, expand on what we're doing. You know, Troward says uh, spirit's always for expansion and fuller expression. Well, if God's working through us, that's the way it should be for us. Expansion, fuller expression. So we want to do bigger and better things all the time. And um, that's always what I'm working towards. So you now to do that, you need help. You can't do it by yourself because you don't know enough, especially today in the world that we're living in. We're living in where specialized knowledge is so important. Now that was one of the 13 principles of success that Napoleon Hill taught. Specialized knowledge, intelligently directed. So I have never stopped working with his principles. That's and Bob, because I we keep like, growing. I feel like, um, sorry to interrupt you here, but I feel like that's when the podcast took off was when I specialized. Before I was talking about what everyone else was talking about. And I thought, I've got to do something where I set myself apart. And when I added the neuroscience in, that's when it took off. Well, you see, I think if you... Forget about what everybody else is doing. I don't pay any attention to what everybody else is doing, Andrea. I don't even know what they're doing. I only know what I'm doing. And I think you've got to follow your heart. That's what you did. You said today down in the Superdome when I was working with the young Johnson boy, Brian. And I think if you follow that all your life, you're never going to make another mistake as long as you live. If you follow your heart, and that's what I do. You see, I don't get into a lot of the fads that come down the road, um, and there's a lot of them, and I've seen them over the years. I mean, I've been in this 60 years now, so you see a lot of the changes that are taking place, and I don't do that. You see, I really believe what James Allen said. He nailed it. He said, mind is the master power that molds and makes, and man is mind. And evermore he takes the tool of thought and shaping what he wills brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. We think in secret, it comes to pass. Environment is but our looking glass. So if we don't like what's going on outside, we better take a look at what's going on inside. And when we do that, see, when you really started to follow your heart, that's when it took off. Yeah. What about you always attract, you'll attract to you what you need. When you're following your heart, you're putting yourself on the frequency you should be on. Think of this. Here's a cell phone. It operates on a specific frequency. Now I got another cell phone over here. 
it operates on a different frequency. They're very similar in the number, but they are different. Think of how many cell phones there are in the world today. Now, when I was a little boy, Andrea, we didn't have a phone. I must have been 15, 14, 15 years old before we had our phone in our house. We didn't have a phone. If mother wanted to phone somebody, she had to go to the corner. Um, we didn't have a phone. And that is because there weren't a lot of phones. And when we did get one, it was a party line. There was a whole bunch of people on that same line. And what did that mean? Everyone was tapped in on the same frequency. So you could hear everybody talking. Well, why was that? That was because we were living in ignorance of the fact that there's an infinite number of frequencies. Everything is energy. Everything vibrates. Vibration is on frequencies, levels of vibration. And that's how phones operate. They have their own frequency. And if I dial your number, only your phone will ring. Nobody else's. All the billions of phones there are. Yours is the only one that's going to ring. Because you have a specific frequency for your phone. Nobody else has it, just you. That is because we started to understand the law of vibration. We started to understand frequencies. Well, when we image a goal, what we've done is take our mind off on a trip. And we've gone to another frequency, beyond where we're living. There is a place. When you go there, you're seeing something in your imagination. What we want to understand is we may be operating here on this frequency. That may be as far as we've gone, up to here. And all of a sudden, we took our imagination and we went away up here. And the reason we don't go after this as a rule is because all the space in between, we don't know how to get there. Well, we should realize if we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Because there is a place. What we've done with our imagination, we've taken move on to a much higher frequency. We're able to go there. Now, Steve Jobs said that you don't, the dots don't connect going forward. They only connect going backwards. You cannot see how to get up there. It's one step at a time. And that's understanding how the mind works and the laws governing the universe. It's interesting to look back over the 24 years to see how, how I wanted certain things in certain ways, and it never went that way. It always went a different way. And the, went the, the way it was supposed to go. Right. Not, not, not always the way I wanted it to go, but yeah. the way it was supposed to go. But so I know for you, things really changed for your organization when Rhonda Byrne contacted you about appearing in the movie The Secret, and that accelerated your work and a lot of other people's work around the world. And for those who've never heard this, can you just share what happened, how you happened to be at the right place at the right time to meet her? And why do you think we meet certain people at certain parts of our life to accelerate us? Well... Of course, you attract them. They attract you. Uh, Rhonda Byrne had read that book, You've Got, You Were Born Rich. And if anybody wants that, Andrea, they can go on our site. Just go to Proctor Gallagher Institute, and they can find it and download it for free. We give it away. Well, Rhonda Byrne had read that in Australia, and she made up her mind when she made this film. She wanted to get me in it. I had a phone message on my phone that was very garbled, and I, um, I didn't delete it, but I didn't get it either. And my phone was full. I was in an airport somewhere, um, and I had some time between planes. So I thought, I'm going to clean my phone up. So I phoned Gina, my assistant, I said, Gina, I want to clean my phone up. I've got a lot of messages on here, and some of them I'm having difficulty getting hold of the people. And the one I said, I think the woman's name is Glenda. And it sounds like an Australian phone number. I'd done work in Australia, so I was familiar with the exchange net. And, but I said, everything I'm telling you could be wrong, because the message is very garbled. And they said something about a film. Now, I've been on my phone for a while. Um, 
but I was cleaning up the phone. And Gina phoned me back and she said, no, the message you gave me was accurate. Her name is Glenda, it's Glenda Byrne. And um, her sister's shooting a movie. There's a film crew in, uh, in America from Australia and they've been shooting a film for the last month. They're going back next week and they're filming in Aspen all weekend. Gina said, that is really strange. Bob's going to be doing a seminar in Aspen this weekend. Now, I'd not been to Aspen for two or three years. But here I was going in to do a seminar in the building right next door to where she was shooting. I just walked next door and sat down. They asked me a pile of questions and I just started talking. It was all captured on film. And that's where the secret came from. Now, I gave them information that they deemed was better than most of the information they got, which gave me a very good slot in that movie. And apparently it's been seen by half a billion people. So that did make a big difference in our company, but that, didn't, that wasn't what made the biggest difference. That exposed us to a half a billion people. We were already operating in various parts of the world. Biggest change in our company came when uh, Sandy Gallagher joined our company. She is my business partner today. She owns half of the, the company. And that's when the Proctor Gallagher Institute was formed. She was a very, very successful securities attorney. She graduated from university oh, 25, 30 years ago, uh, the number one banking lawyer in all of the universities. She is studying banking law. Naturally, because she was so successful in her grades, she was offered a lot of positions. She got some of the best positions on Wall Street, where she worked for some time, then went to the West Coast, where she was from, and she became a partner, a full partner in a company. And someone suggested that she go to a management seminar that I was conducting. And it wasn't a management seminar at all. It was a seminar on the science of getting rich. And that's the book that Rhonda Byrne was inspired to make The Secret on. And she came into that seminar and she was fascinated with the information I was teaching. She had been all through some of the best universities in America and in the UK. And she had never heard what I was teaching. And she became fascinated with it. Now, the reason I'm still in it is because I have never lost my fascination for this information. I think what we call this is the truth that we're dealing with. And one thing led to another, and she became a partner in the company. She's absolutely brilliant. And she's the CEO, the president and CEO of the company. Now, her genius lies in money. I, my genius is in the seminar and in the information that we teach. So it was a marvelous balance. Up until then, I had various people run the company, but none of them were hooked into it the way she is. And that's when our company really started to take off. Now, that and the secret around the same time. So it was both of them. There was two factors there that made it a huge difference. Yeah. Got it. I, I've met Sandy through, through Streaming Club mostly. Back in the day, I did Streaming Club for a few years, and she is brilliant. I love what she's doing for you mm -hmm. over there. So, Bob, the next question is science-based, and I have to ask it because it ties directly into your work. So I've been studying Dr. Dan Siegel, and he came on the podcast. He wrote this book, Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain. Do you know this guy, Dr. Dan Siegel? He's a clinical professor of psychiatry out of UCLA School of Medicine. I do not know him. Okay, I really think you two should meet somehow because he's been studying the mind for years and trying to come up with a definition of the mind as it pertains to the brain. And I've sat there, I've probably worked out at the gym and listened to him trying to define the mind and the brain um, for my whole workout. He's just diving into this topic. And so anyway, he talks about the fact that science clearly demonstrates that we have two realms of our physical universe and it's not commonly known. And he said he asked 3000 tech experts and 3000 therapists and only 5% have ever heard of this fact. And it reminded me of when you asked all those teachers if they ever knew about the faculties of their mind and none of them had. So that's where I just made the connection. I thought, oh, Bob's got to know about this guy. But uh, anyway, Dan talks about how the fact that there's one 
realm where time and space exist, and the other world is the quantum world that's full of possibilities. And so I start thinking about what he's teaching, connecting it to Wallace D. Waddle's Science of Getting Rich, that you have been doing this seminar for years. And can you talk a little bit about this second realm as it pertains to not just making money, but the place we go in our mind when we say our affirmations or we're saying our prayers or we're doing our meditation, because there is this other realm where everything is possible. And I just wish people understood that it's here and tap into it more. Well, you see, first, I think you have to understand, I believe everything is spirit. That's all there is. Um, this book is spirit, the same as I am. Everything is spirit. Spirit functions in a lawful way. Spirit, I believe, is, I see the law as God's modus operandi. It's how everything happens. The brain is part of the physical body. The brain is an electronic switching station. The brain isn't the mind any more than your fingernail is. And yet the fingernail and the brain are part of the mind. Mind is movement. Body's the manifestation of the movement. Now you are a soul. You don't have one. You are one. So I see the soul and the mind as being the same. And the mind cannot think, or the mind thinks, the brain cannot think, but you think with the brain. Now let me repeat that. The brain cannot think, but you think with the brain. It's reported we've got Albert Einstein's brain in a jar, but it's not doing anybody any good because Albert's not with it. When you think, what you're really doing is activating cells in your brain. Now you've got the ability to go beyond the physical and go into the non-physical world, into the fourth dimension. You can do that because you're a spiritual being. Most people are so earthbound, they don't let themselves go there. But that's where all future is. That's how we learned how to put these phones together. When you go in with your imagination, you go into the non-physical world. You go into fourth dimension. Well, what you've got to understand when you go there and you see something, you're creating it on that frequency. And if you will stay there, it must move into form. That's where um, Andrew Carnegie said any idea that's held in the mind, that's emphasized, that's either feared or revered, this works both ways, will begin at once to clothe itself in the most convenient and appropriate form available. So I think what Siegel's talking about, what I talk about, what you're talking about, what Wallace is talking about is all the same thing. And I don't think it's two different worlds. I think it's the same world. I think the physical world is nothing but the manifestation of the non-physical world. Spirit always manifests through its polar opposite. You're always working from a higher to a lower potential. You do that with electricity. Now, no one knows what this power is. I call it spirit. You call it whatever you want. No one knows what electricity is. No one knows what it is. But we know the laws by which it operates. And if you're working with electricity, you work from a higher to a lower potential. I get a bank of lights here in the studio. Now, the only limit placed on the power that we call electricity is the limit that's placed on the form through which it's flowing. If I want more light, put in a bigger bulb. Get a bigger transformer. The only limit on it is the limit that's placed on the form through which it's flowing. Well, exactly the same with spirit. The only limit in my life is the limit that's placed on the form through which it's flowing. And that has to do with my level of awareness or understanding. So as we expand our level of awareness, we move in and understand how this higher wor world operates. And it operates by law. It operates exactly the same for you as for me. For the black is the white. Like I was just doing a podcast here, a good news broadcast, and we're talking about Black Lives Matter. And I said, that's almost absurd to say that. All of life matters. Of course, black lives matter. All of life matters. Black life, white life, the only difference is in the shade. We're just different shades of the same thing. I'm not white and any more than, uh, than this book is. 
you know, I'm just a different shade of the same thing. So we start to understand this. We start to understand that the non-physical world and the physical world are connected. They're all connected like the colors of a rainbow. So what Siegel's talking about is going to this non-physical. It, it's also a part of the physical. The physical is the manifestation of the non-physical. And we just have to be aware. And as, as human beings, we have the ability to go into that non-physical world and create a better physical world. Everything we see in the physical plane, that's how it was done. What we see here is nothing but the manifestation of what somebody's seen in here. And they see it here because they went there. So it's awareness too. Of the oh, it's, all, it's all an awareness. That is your only purpose here, is to become aware of your oneness with your creator, with God. Powerful bond. So just, just to wrap this up, do you have time for one last question? I know we've kind of sure. gone yeah, over. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I listened to your podcast with Lewis House this weekend, and I love that guy. I think he's awesome. I love his podcast. He's I very good. Him. He's great. Um, uh, I love School of Greatness. Yeah, School of Greatness. I love what he's doing. I listen when I'm exercising to him, and it made me think of something else that I just want to ask you. So what do you think is so important for us to be thinking about during these times? Like I know right now over there, um, you're not traveling like you weren't September 11th when everything halted. What, what should we all be thinking about as we start pivoting our lives and our businesses? What, what do you think is really important for us to do right now? I think we've got to see where we want to go and make up our mind what's going on outside is not going to stop us. You cannot change the conditions or circumstance. You can only change your perception of the conditions or circumstance. When we really understand that, we will stop letting the conditions and circumstance control us. Right now, I'm under quarantine. I have been since the 18th of March. I decided I'm not going to let that bother me. I found out the other day it's going to go for another 28 days till the end of June. But that's okay. I have lots to do that I can do right here. My studio is right on the same property as my home. So I can come in here, I can work, I can broadcast all over the world from here. It's, a, it's literally a TV station we have that we built. And we built this about three, four years ago. I believe there's guides. I believe we're guided to do different things if we will pay attention to our feelings, our intuition. And I had a strong feeling to build this. And uh, now we're using it. And we will probably use it more from now on. And we broadcast all over the world. We just did a seminar. We went in 119 countries. And we'll continue to do that. So I am... Um, I think we've got to make up our mind. We're not going to let what's going on control us. Right. I think we should maybe quit reading so much about it. Quit getting so involved in it. Mm -hmm. You see, the only corner of the universe that Andrea can change is Andrea. That's very important we understand that. The only thing that Bob can change is Bob. I can't change anyone else. Now, my ins might inspire other people to change. I might cause them to look at things different. But the only corner of the universe I can be certain of improving is my own self. Mm -hmm. And when we really understand that, we will stop letting outside conditions and circumstance define us, control us, dictate where we're going to go and what we're going to do. I, um, I believe you've done that. I've watched um, off and on your life change, Andrea, from when I first met you. Your life has changed probably as much as mine has. And what you're doing is incredible. And I really want to congratulate you. And I want to let anybody know that's um, involved in your podcast, they're dealing with a pretty serious student when they're dealing with you. And I, I look at myself that way. I think I'm a serious student. That's the way I always see myself as a student. I want to learn more. And I want to do more. I want to make bigger things happen. I don't let age, uh, conditions, circumstance, none of that stuff slow me down. I know where I'm going, and I know I'm going to get there because I understand 
the power of my mind, and I understand it all operates by law. But I want to congratulate you. You are doing an incredible job. Thanks, Bob. When this whole pandemic happened, I thought I've got to speed up because I watch what you do. And so I just, I'm copying everything you do. And I, I just thought instead of one interview a week, let's do a couple. And so I just started pushing forward. And before we know it, we're a couple months in and the numbers are taking off and everything's just going crazy and nothing slowed down. It just sped up. And it's just me sitting here in my office going into, we're in 96 countries. So not quite as much as you're doing over there, but it's still wild to think that. Well, you want to get uh, Brian to send out this podcast to all our mailing lists and that'll help you out some more. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'd love that. Thank you so much. So, Bob, I just want to thank you so much for everything that you've done to inspire me and the millions of others. I'm here on behalf of everyone else that doesn't have this opportunity or platform. And if anyone wants to learn more about you, they can go to proctorgallagherinstitute.com and they can find your next virtual seminar coming up. Is the next one the paradigm shift? Is that? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you can download paradigms, the book. Paradigms really control us to an enormous degree. I think people should gain an understanding of what a paradigm is, how it's formed and how to change it. That was one of my first questions in one of the seminars. I never understood paradigms for years. So this stuff, you really have to take the time to study. You can't just get a book sent to you and then you, you've got it. Like if you want to get Bob's Born Rich book, you can download it for free on their site and then follow him on social media and really get into studying to make these shifts that we're seeing. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much. Andrea, it's my pleasure. And congratulations. Keep going. You're doing a great job. Thank you. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 